Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm happy to be filling your minds with grace today, uh, especially given these anxious days. At the time of this recording, many states are beginning to open back up, relaxing those stay-at-home orders, and there's not a little bit of fear in the air. And with fear, of course, comes emotions like worry and anger. And maybe in thinking about health concerns and economic stress and just everything else going on in life, maybe you're a little fearful too. Do you know what is the most frequent command in all the Bible? Uh, It's not love God. It's not even love your neighbor. Those, of course, are the most important commands. But the most frequent command in all the scripture is don't be afraid. Is it a help to you to know that? Well, our guest on today's episode of the podcast has written a great book on this most common of experiences. Kristen Weatherill is the author or co-author of a couple of books, including Hope When It Hurts, as well as uh, contributing uh, several wonderful articles to the For the Church website. She's a wife and mother, and she's here today to talk about her new book from Bethany House Publishers, Fight Your Fears, Trusting God's Character and Promises When You Are Afraid. Kristen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's fun to be with you, Jared. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so you're actually due any second now. Is that correct? Any second now. That's what I'm hoping and praying for. Yes, I'm due. I'm due next Wednesday with our second child, our baby boy. Yeah. So when we originally, uh, when I originally tried to schedule this interview, I, I had scheduled it for your, your, or I had asked for your due date and you said, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> What's up with that? Oh, you just never know, right? Are these babies going to be on time or not? So you might as well just keep living life and adjust. Yeah. Uh, well, it, I, I, I was thinking, well, you know, first of all, okay, let's avoid that date. Not that, you know, babies just, you know, always come on when you expect, as you said. But I thought uh, if we if we did do it and you went into labor, it'd be like a podcast first. I've never heard of anyone going into labor on a recording. It's hilarious that you say that, actually, because I was just thinking about that last night. I wonder if that's <laughs> ever happened to anyone that yeah. has been on a podcast. Yeah. Well, don't eat anything spicy or or, <laughs> or anything like that uh, during this interview, and, and hopefully we'll be safe. This is your second? My second. Yes. So yeah. Brad and I have Joanna, and she's two and a half. So this is our second. And awesome. He's a boy. Yeah. A boy. Yeah. Are you excited about that? I, I'm so excited about it. I, I'm not going to lie with Joanna. I was pretty glad that it was a girl cause I'm one of two girls. Okay. Um, girl is just all that I know really. And so it kind of felt like I, I got that. It was a little bit safer for me. Um, so I, I had to adjust mentally a little bit when I found out that this was a boy, I'm like, what do I do with the boy? How do you, <laughs> how do you interact with a boy? But I'm, I'm so excited and I just hear wonderful things from friends who have boys. So yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when our girls um, were born and well, before our first. And I remember um, when we were, you know, of course, planning and expecting and everything else. We decided not to know until birth on, on our firstborn. And, you know, of course, you just want a healthy child. Um, but I always pictured myself as a as a boy dad. And I grew up with one brother. I didn't grow up with any, you know, um, sisters. And I remember uh, uh, one of my pastors once asking me, you know, wouldn't you 
want to be some little girl's daddy at some point? And I said, no, why, why would I, why would I want that? Uh, cause all, all I could think about was just the, the worry that I would have. And, and, um, uh, and, and I know what, what little boys are like. And, um, and so I, I couldn't fathom it. And now being a girl dad, I have two daughters, uh, and no sons. Um, they're amazing. Like I, I, I couldn't see it the other way now. In fact, in fact, I see little boys they just kind of gross me out. <laughs> <laughs> Girls are clean. They're, they're, they're neat. Um, mm. they're usually sweet. Yeah. I just, yeah. Being yeah. a girl dad is great. So Brad, my husband, Brad would ask, do they own you? Because that's what he was always <laughs> afraid of. He's like, she's going to own me. I just know it. Yeah. No, they, well, they own me intellectually. <laughs> I should say. Yeah, they're way smarter than I am, and that can get tricky sometimes. But uh, but they're both very sweet and godly girls, so we're just very, very happy about that. That's great. And your eldest is in college now. Is that That's right? right. She just finished her freshman year at uh, uh, Lancaster Bible College, and my youngest is a, a junior in high school. Um, yeah, they're doing great. Hey, let's talk about fight your fears, trusting God's character and promises when you are afraid. So. I'm wondering if there was a particular inspiration for you in in writing this book. What kind of gave rise to thinking I should devote a considerable amount of time to the subject of fear? A few factors. Um, I, I have a background and a history with Lyme disease and, and chronic pain. And praise God, he's healed me in considerable ways from that. Um, but I think because of having that health history, and facing a lot of of unknown future regarding health, I've had to fight fear for a number of years um, in that regard. And then on the topic of what we're talking about, I I got pregnant with my with my daughter, and I discovered that um, I was really scared, and I had no very very little, if any, control over what was happening in my womb, and um, was very evident to me that only the Lord was in control of that. Uh, but I needed a better way to deal with those fears. I, I consider myself kind of uh, fearful by personality. I wouldn't say I've ever struggled um, intensely with with anxiety or panic or anything like that, but fearful in a sense that uh, I'm very type A. I like things to be just so. And when they feel out of my control, the response of fear is the response. <laughs> so, uh, when I got pregnant, I, I needed a better way to deal with it. I wasn't being fed by the resources that I was searching and reading. I felt that they weren't biblical, that they weren't giving me, um, uh, a, a good way to fight fear. And in fact, that they were in a sense over promising and leaving me feeling defeated. Well, why, if I'm called to be fearless, Am I continuing to struggle with the same fears? And I think a lot of Christians deal with that sense of defeat. Why Why do these same fears keep arising in my heart yeah. if Jesus came to defeat the power of fear? And what what is that supposed to look like? So it came from a very personal place of um, coming up short on resources to actually fight fear in a way that was useful and helpful. Um, but also just a, a continued battle. I, it kept on, <laughs> even though I, um, even though I knew that, you know, the Lord was in control, I wasn't exactly sure 
how to deal with that. So I just started searching scripture myself and um, needed, needed a better way to deal with fear. Yeah. What I like about what you just said is, is the addressing of kind of the spirit of fear. You know, like the Bible talks about for so many of us, it's not so much that we're afraid of a specific thing. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, certainly of course possible, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to go on roller coasters or I'm afraid of, you know, those bills coming in or whatever it is. But in general, I think what afflicts most of us is just this residual or kind of this reservoir of, of anxiety or the, you know, the spirit of fear that's underneath. And that's a lot more difficult to address. You know, you know, I can address my fear of X with some kind of practical, you know, approach, but the spirit of fear is a deeper thing. Um, And so I think maybe, maybe that's what you were running into when you were looking at those other resources and realizing they're not biblical or they're not really, you know, they're only, they're only scratching the surface. Is that kind of what you were discovering is they were just kind of dealing with the, you know, uh, moving the furniture of fear around the room, but not really kind of getting underneath. Absolutely. Yes. I I think a lot of the resources were um, encouraging me to look within myself. And frankly, if I'm the problem, (laughs) be the solution. Um, So that was, that was unhelpful to me, but I also felt very uneasy about um, this idea, especially among women's ministries today, that, that we should be searching for the outcome of fearlessness. And I don't think that that's bad or wrong or even unbiblical per se. But if we're, if we're missing the ground underneath the fearlessness, which is who is the one we are called to fear, who helps us in that fight, I think we are missing the point. And I think that that's where a lot of Christians or Christian women, I can speak there, um, end up feeling defeated because it, it comes back. <laughs> and then yeah. what do we do? Oh no, I haven't reached that end. What's wrong with me? Yeah. You, you begin the book kind of focusing on the attributes of God, um, and even a different kind of fear, a, a, a different fear the Bible talks about. Why do you begin the work that way? Well, the Bible is really clear that uh, we need to know we need to know this God who has created us in order to know ourselves better. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, if we want insight into our fears, if we want to understand ourselves better, if we want a sense of rescue from fear, it seems as though God is inviting us through His Word to know Him more, and. Um, we have to start by looking at him and we have to start by receiving from him. So I, I chose to to lay out the book in this manner um, because who God is gives us perspective on who we are and our need for him. And as we look at his attributes, which certainly the book does not exhaust, I kind of focus on a few of them at first, God's sovereignty, the fact that he's in control and God's goodness, which those two things give way to so many of his other attributes. But as we, as we look at the word and hear from the Lord about who he is, it gives us perspective and it lifts our gaze off of ourselves and onto him. And he's the one who made us. He's the one who um, knows that we need rescue. He's the one that knows that our hearts have been broken by sin and um, that we have chosen the way of rebellion and the way of self-worship rather than the fear of the Lord. Um, and then we also see that 
he's the savior and that he came into the world in the person of his son to do something about it and to restore in our hearts a right fear of him. That's the the promise in the Old Testament that we see fulfilled in Christ. I will put a new heart in you. I will put my spirit in you and I will put a right fear of you, um, a right fear of me rather into your heart. And so I think we need this view of who God is in order to understand who we are and what's going on in our own hearts and souls. Yeah. What would you say is the difference between being afraid of God and, and fearing God in the biblical sense? Mm-hmm. Well, the, so if the way that I like to describe fear is actually the way that I've heard my pastor talk about it. And he says, it's giving something weight. So if we're giving something or someone weight, then, um, we're probably comparing that weight to other things. And the fear of the Lord in terms of a biblical fear, the way that God created us to walk with him and be in relationship with him and love him and obey him and all these good things that bring us life. Um, that's what we would call the fear of the Lord. The definition I, I wrote for the book is it's a worshipful reverence and awe, and it's what God's glory deserves. But to be afraid of God is to tremble before his holiness in a sense that we hide from him. It's the response of Adam and Eve in the garden when they choose disobedience and they sin against the Lord. Their response isn't to repent (laughs) and to say we were wrong. Lord, have mercy on us, but it's to hide. And beyond that, to try and fix it themselves, to try and cover themselves up. So that that a fear of the Lord in terms of being afraid of him is more uh, a lack of repentance that results in hiding from God and um, even trying to make our own way back to him, which we see in scripture never works and right. is impossible for us. Yeah. I like what you say about, you know, having our gaze on him as opposed to the things around us. And I think that's a real problem right now because there's just so much. Well, I mean, at, at, at any stage in in modern life there's so many distractions all all the things you know shiny things that we're constantly looking at but even right now as we're just kind of swamped with um data and anxiety and you know all the things going on related to the pandemic it's it's just so easy to take our minds off of the lord's sovereignty the lord's goodness the lord you know the lord's kindness because um, we're so fixated on a sense of control of, of, of something that we can't control that we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I know when you wrote the book, or I'm assuming you, you didn't know, you know, you didn't anticipate, you know, COVID-19. Maybe you did. Maybe you're a prophetess and, and I did, and I didn't know it. Um, so when you're writing the book, I'm assuming you didn't know anything about that. How do you hope it will help others right now? I mean, do you think, oh, wow, like the Lord really knew? Um, this may be a needed, a needed subject. It's always a needed subject, but it just seems really timely to me. I'm so grateful that it does seem timely. It seems providential. And the Lord truly knew that because no, I'm, I'm not a prophetess. I did not know this was going to happen. (laughs) Or the daughter of one. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I, I am so grateful that it, that it came out at such a time as this. And I'm hopeful that, um, Although it's not an exhaustive account of who God is, although it doesn't look into every one of our fears and every one of God's promises, I'm hopeful that people will find it 
uh, a toolbox that they can run to and that the book won't leave them there, but will point them to scripture. And so my, my great encouragement in the book is for people to be taking scripture with them and to wield it as what scripture says about itself as the sword of the spirit, which will help us to fight. Um, it's been so helpful for me during this time. I wake up with fresh fears every day about, you know, about the pandemic or not about the pandemic, but it's been so helpful for me to be in the word in this time and to be taking it with me, whether it's through memorization or through um, leaving my Bible open on the kitchen counter, because I I need my mind to be renewed. There are so many voices, like you said, Jared, so many pieces of information coming at us. And these things are not bad. They can be useful and helpful, but I I need to set my gaze on someone bigger than these things. And so my hope is that this book will point people to the God who speaks and to his word. I feel like I should mention it's a really pretty book. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily mean the, in the, in the colors, but just, it's a nice hardcover and it's got these great resources in the back. You, you've got uh, scripture memory cards that um, I suppose people can, you know, can cut out and use. Um, there's some great appendices here and it's, um, the pages are nice. Can I just say that physically? Um, they're nice, thick pages. It's just a nice book. Yeah. Bethany Haas did a great job with it. They really did. Um, so I got to ask what fears do you mainly have to fight personally? Right now, a lot of my fears are related to this baby and (laughs) (laughs) delivering this baby. So we're mentioned earlier, I'm due next Wednesday with our baby boy. And, um, because of the times there are more fears than what I believe I would typically be facing. Um, there's the obvious fear of, will we all be protected and, um, how will labor and delivery go? But man, these hospitals are full of COVID patients. And, um, I had to have a really frank conversation with my OB last week. You know what? how are things going for, for moms who are delivering? And, you know, the reality is God promises a lot of wonderful things, but we're not promised protection in a sense that nothing bad will ever happen to us. And so I think I've had to grapple with that and just um, waking up every day, not knowing if today's the day that the baby's coming, but being able to say, Lord, I don't know what the outcome of this will be. Um, I don't know if we'll leave the hospital having been exposed to this. Yeah. Um, we pray that we leave with a, with a well and healthy baby. Um, but I think coming to a place of submitting our circumstances completely to the Lord and knowing that he has already gone before us, that he is fully in control of everything has been helpful. Um, and beyond that, there is a, I don't think that I would have said, that I was afraid of death before this whole thing started. I think it's made the reality of death um, more real for, for people. And it has really challenged me to answer Jesus's question in the gospel of John, when he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Mm. Believe this. And I, and I don't mean to be, you know, a, a morbid person because, uh, the, the reality is we don't know the outcome of, of any of this and how, how it will go for each of us. But death is a reality for all of us. And I think I've really had to face it in a new way 
and um, recognize that as, as hard as it is to get to this place, and as much as the Lord is still working on my heart, death is not actually the worst thing that could happen to me. And really having to grapple with that. Um, yeah. And so I've been asking him, Lord, keep me faithful to you no matter what this looks like. So keep me faithful to you as I'm chasing my two and a half year old around today, exhausted and ready to have this baby. Keep me faithful <laughs> to you. Um, but keep me faithful to you no matter what happens in the hospital, no matter what happens once we come home. So that's that's been a big fear of feeling very out of control in that regard. Um, facing the fear of death in a fresh way and bringing a newborn home, I think always brings a, a fear of lack. Will I, will, will we have what we need? Because those early days are so grueling and they're wonderful and delightful. And we rejoice in having a new life in our home. But now, now I know what it's like now that I've had one and it's, it's no joke. It's, yeah. it's a challenge and trusting that when the Lord says, I am going to provide for you. Do not be anxious about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. Trusting him for that and saying your grace is going to be enough for me today. And that's all that I need to know is that you're going to provide for me today. So those are three. I could keep going, Jared. <laughs> I have a lot, you of a lot of fear. Well, this isn't a counseling session. so. <laughs> Although I thought about asking you for some counsel. Uh, you know, I, I heard someone describe having children as essentially taking your heart out of your chest and watch it and, and watch it, you know, walking around. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it really the depth of of love you don't know until you have kids. Um, there's there's parts of you that love that that are untapped until you have children. But also, you know, parts of of anxiety and fear. There's just a, a new set of of potential worry. Um, and, and, you know, most of it is, is justified because you, you want to protect, you want to care, you want to nurture, you want your kids to be not just physically safe, but emotionally safe and, uh, to grow up, um, you know, mature and, and, and well-adjusted and, and all those sorts of things. And, and so it just, you know, parenthood just is a, I think spiritually and emotionally fragile thing. And I, and I don't know, honestly, how people who don't know the Lord do it. <laughs> how are you not a ball of anxiety if you don't know God? Um, because I, I struggle enough knowing the Lord and thinking about, you know, my kids and, and, and those sorts of things. I wonder what you would say. So, you know, earlier I, I mentioned, um, you know, for a lot of us, it's not specific fears of certain things, right? I mean, I have, you know, a fear of certain things but that I rarely face in in my day-to-day life. Um, but a few months ago, um, I had this, you know, health incident and I thought I was having a heart attack. I was just, you know, sitting in my office getting ready to, uh, uh, speak at an event. And, um, you know, they had to call the EMTs and and this whole deal. And what they determined after, you know, looking inside me and everything else was that I had a, a panic attack is what they said, which was really, uh, strange for some people to kind of, you know, people, were asking me, what were you anxious about? And I said, nothing. Like there wasn't anything in the moment that I was, I wasn't nervous to speak. I wasn't, I was literally just sitting in my office watching the previous guy talking. So now I have this kind of residual fear of that happening again. It hasn't happened again, thank God, but it's, it's there kind of underneath the surface. 
And it's hard for me, it's hard for others, but it's hard for me as well to kind of put my finger on because there's not like, oh, this is the thing I'm afraid of or this is the thing I'm nervous about. I don't think that I'm a nervous person. I don't really sit around and worry about uh, about things. Um, and I, and <laughs> in fact, I was talking to my wife about it um, You know, kind of shortly after it happened and we were kind of joking. She, you know, she kind of wishes that I would get more worked up about certain things. I'm probably a little bit more, you know, I'm too laid back about <laughs> yeah. about, about things. I, I could probably worry about, you know, I could stand to worry about uh, about more things. Um, but it's just there's thing that could happen. This fear that just kind of rises up physically, you know, and it, and it runs in the family. I discovered that. Um, but I wonder what you would say to someone like me or just someone who says, look, there's not, you know, I wish I could have just addressed this thing. Um, but I can't. I'm I'm a fearful person or I'm an anxious person or, uh, you know, like I even deal, you know, with anxiety or or something like that. What's the. You know, um, you know, you said the goal is not fearlessness and, and you mentioned that in the introduction to the book, you know, the point is not you get to the, you know, you know, the stage of perfection, at least this side of the veil. So what's the antidote to that? How do we combat even the fears that we can't really even name? Yeah, well, I think it I think we have to acknowledge that there is a kind of fear and anxiety that people struggle with. That isn't so, like you said, pointedly addressed. And um, I'm, I'm very careful to to not go there in the book because I'm not a biblical counselor. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so I put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. But I but but I do think it's helpful to distinguish, Jared, because along the lines of what you're saying, I, I had a terrible migraine a couple weeks ago. I don't get migraines, and I'm thinking, what is this? And I I do see a a chiropractor because of my health history. And she was like, you're stressed. And I was like, really? I am. I didn't even know that that's the way that my body was responding to what's happening around me. Just like your panic attack just comes on and you're like, what, <laughs> what is this? Where does this come from? Um, so I think two things I'll say one, um, Psalm 56, three says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. And I think that verse combined with all of the commands in scripture, not to be afraid, point us to the reality that we are in a broken world, in broken bodies, in broken minds, where there are many things to be afraid of. And so the question is, what do we do with that fear? And David says, when I am afraid, not if, but when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. So the exercise of faith is an exercise. The more we turn to the Lord, the more we turn to his word, the more natural that will become for us. And it doesn't mean, like you said, that all of our fears will automatically disappear. But it does mean that we'll get better at going to the one who's worthy to be feared, the one who's worthy to be trusted. So I think practicing that, um, going back to the Lord again and again, even if it's with the same fears or with a spirit of fear that we can't even pinpoint, um, will help us. And then I think. If we are struggling with a sense of feeling out of control of our own bodies, I think it's completely right and helpful to talk to someone about that, whether it is a trusted friend or a pastor or a biblical counselor or even a doctor, somebody who can who can help you get to the root of what could be causing, you know, that 
kind of unceasing sense of feeling out of control of your own body. Cause that's a very real thing and we're whole holistic, whole people. And so I think it's, it's helpful for us to just say, okay, is there something else that I could be doing or something additional that I could be doing to help with this sense of feeling out of control or this sense of anxiety that I'm dealing with? Yeah. I mean, we're made as dependent people. Right. And I think, you know, part of our problem, it's not the necessarily the, the root of these specific anxieties or fears or anything like that. But it's certainly at, at the root of, um, what, what ultimately ails us or what, what centrally ails us is this kind of, you know, sense of independence, which feeds a sense of loneliness. And I think, you know, for someone like me, I think for a lot of people, there's just a sense of, I can, I can handle it. I can figure it out or I'll just, I'll just tough it out. You know, I'll just grit my teeth or, you know, I'll just bear it and, and having to ask for help you know, putting ourselves in, in, you know, the place of vulnerability just kind of sometimes goes against the grain for us. Um, really it goes with the grain of how we're made. And yet it, it, it feels like it's, it's wrong or it feels like we're being a burden or it's, yeah, the acknowledgement of our helplessness, I think is sometimes a greater burden of just knowing (laughs) <laughs> knowing that we're helpless, telling somebody else, Hey, I need help. Um, it's right. so difficult. And, and as Christians, we have a framework for our helplessness, yeah. <laughs> right? We have a freedom to, to run to the Lord and also to all of these, all of these means of grace that he gives us, including the common grace of chiropractors <laughs> and doctors, <laughs> that, you know, that these are all really wonderful things that he's provided for us. Yeah, that's great. Kristen, it, it's a, a, a a beautiful little book. You've written it as kind of a, a day by day devotional, but it doesn't look like that or it doesn't, you don't have to read it that way, right? You don't have to go day by day. I, mean, I could read it straight through. Yeah. And I wouldn't be like, no. Yeah. I, I would say, I mean, I definitely would encourage the reader to start with, with the attributes of God because it gives us perspective about his promises. We want to be really, really careful. I think with how we interpret the promises of, of God in the Bible and seeing who he is will help us do that. But the second part where we're looking at six promises of God to kind of counter six of our fears, I, I've just kind of been opening those depending on the day and the fear that I'm (laughs) right. The fear that I'm struggling with. So I think the reader could access it that way for sure. Yeah. I mean, each, each chapter opens with uh, a word from the uh, scriptures and then you just have, uh, a great way of of doing some exposition, devotional exposition of those things and, and addressing that. So I think it'd make a great gift. It'd make a great resource for anyone who's, um, you know, struggling with these things. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, sister. Thank you, Jared. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We've been talking with Kristen Weatherall. She's author of the new book, Fight Your Fears. Trusting God's character and promises when you are afraid is from Bethany House Publishers. You can find it wherever good Christian books are sold. And thank you, dear listener, for taking time out of your busy schedule, fearful schedule. Maybe I hope this episode has been a help to you. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, where we train leaders for the church.